I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. From Ukraine to COVID relief to infrastructure, the federal government has become a big spender under Democrats and Republicans alike. And, of course, that is a big driver for inflation that we're all experiencing right now. So is it a spending problem? Is it a budgeting problem? How do we change the conversation when it comes to the finances of the United States of America? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. As we look at all of this, we know it's a big driver, that all of the spending coming out of Washington, and not just in the current administration, although it has been uh, unprecedented over the course of the last year. Uh, the previous administration, led by Republicans, uh, spent equally recklessly, in my opinion. Uh, and so now we have to look at how do we change the conversation? How do we change the game? And helping us do that, uh, as always, Jonathan Bidlack uh, joins us from R Street, and he is the director of the governance program there, our friends at the R Street Institute. And uh, Jonathan, thanks for joining us today. And uh, once again, we're, we're talking about dollars and cents and uh, the fact that the federal government doesn't seem to have a control monitor uh, when it comes to spending. Well, uh, first, thanks for having me. And uh, I think I think that's right. I mean, and, and to some degree, if you're if you're an elected official, you know, they're frankly not incentivized to want that to be the case. I mean, I think that a lot of a lot of elected officials operate under the assumption that they will no longer be in office when the consequences of their actions come to fruition. And so, you know, they're they essentially think, well, I can I can spend on X, Y or Z now and I get the benefit of being able to go back to my district and and brag about all the great things that I've been able to do in Washington. And if there are consequences down the road, well, you know, I'll be doing something else. And I think that that obviously has been upset a little bit uh, in the short term at the, at the current moment because Americans are dealing with inflation uh, in, a, in a way that they really haven't in, in literally 40 years. And so now you have people asking questions about, well, what's created the situation and, and you know, maybe starting to think a little bit more about uh, the consequences to uh, overspending and, and just, you know, expanding the, the size and scope of government uh, beyond what is reasonable. And so that's the situation I think that we find ourselves in at the moment. Yeah, you, you were part of a great conversation on the Politics in Question podcast uh, and really went at this question of... What's it going to take to change how the federal government actually budgets or doesn't budget, I guess, is what we should really ask. How do we change the dynamic on that one? Yeah, it's a it's a super hard question, and it's many. You know, I guess you could say it's the the thirty trillion dollar question, yes. if you will. I mean, <laughs> I think uh, you know, I think I think there are a lot of things to think about here. I mean, one is that you know people have to demand differently, uh, and they have to actually have a sense of who is responsible for these outcomes. I mean, I think that a lot of times, you know, we. 
you know, we blame presidents or we blame members of Congress, um, but we forget that, you know, when various pieces of legislation are passed, all of that spending doesn't necessarily just occur immediately, but uh, it takes place over time and, and you know, kick spending in motion long into the future. I mean, if you think about, you know, I don't know, I mean, Social Security or Medicare or these sorts of things, right? I mean, I mean, those programs were enacted decades ago and, and you know, you could make a pretty strong case, I think, that, that past presidents and past members of Congress are still responsible for for some of the spending that we're experiencing today. And so... Um, I think that you know there there needs to be a lot more clarity about the impact of of individual pieces of legislation, um, you know, and then and then in the other the other side of this, I think is that uh, there there really need to be consequences. And I mean, I don't want to say that you know inflation is necessarily a, a good thing in this regard, but I I think that one of the if there is you know perhaps a silver lining, uh, it's that people are realizing that you can't just keep playing the same political games and assuming that the economics is not going to catch up with you. And so I think that, you know, I think that many in Washington like to pretend that, you know, politicians and politics drives economic outcomes. But what we're learning right now is that actually, you know, the the economics can very much drive the politics. And so I think that the other part of the picture here is that, you know, there needs to be um, a, a, a reckoning with why we're experiencing some of this pain that we are we are at the moment. And uh, and the only way that that happens is when you when you have sort of, uh, uh, you know, again, some sort of consequences that people can make the connection between you know, actions in Washington and the economic outcomes they're experiencing. Yeah, I think that's so important. Connecting those dots is, is really the key. And I, I think we're, especially right now where people are feeling the impact of that, obviously the new inflation numbers uh, came out today. Uh, our friend Brian Riedel uh, had uh, a really nice tweet that I think kind of, to me, epitomized some of the problem. Uh, he was talking about the Congressional Budget Office. And, of course, uh, we always say that they're the ones who are supposed to make the politicians do the math and show the work and show mm-hmm. the math. Uh, but the the Congressional Budget Office uh, has not updated uh, the baseline budget in 10 months. Now, clearly, mm-hmm. the costs have gone up at, with all the other things that have gone up in price with the inflation. Uh, how, how can that be that we have not made a tweak or a change to say, well, it's actually going to cost a little more than we thought? Yeah, well, and, and, you know, these sorts of problems come up all the time. I mean, you know, this is, I think, the, the flip side of this is you have members of Congress who vote on legislation and they don't even require CBO scores half the time before they actually go and take those votes. Um, you know, to, to actually go and have reasonable outcomes, you have to have the most accurate and, and up-to-date information. And, uh, and I agree. I think it's, I think it's incredibly problematic and it's, and it's very problematic in a situation like that that we are currently in where things are very fluid and moving very quickly uh and so you know and and so you know the the numbers are basically changing uh changing much quicker than than we're sort of used to so um yeah i mean i think i think it's a really important point and i think it's uh you know to some degree i I mean again i don't i don't mean to speculate on on you know why cbo has not provided those updates at the moment but i you know i think there's just uh i think it's a combination of uh of of a lot going on and and then to some degree members of congress are our representatives not demanding it because to some degree they just don't care yeah absolutely I've been dying to ask you this question uh, regarding the the president's speech yesterday. Uh, he said, you know, the government spending really 
has nothing to do with the inflation because he's actually reduced the deficit. Uh, what's uh, give us a, a flat line on that? <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's true, I suppose, that the deficit has gone down. But of course, uh, you know, that's like saying if I if I you know just went and uh, charged a whole bunch of stuff on my credit card one month, and then next month I you know I charged a little bit less, I'm improving my situation. Well, you know, it doesn't doesn't quite work that way. And I think I think people recognize that that's that's the, in the case, but. Um, you know, look, I mean, there's, there's, inflation is a tough thing to talk about because there are so many moving parts to it. It's not just that we've had irresponsible fiscal policy. You also have to talk about the actions of the Federal Reserve and how monetary policy has oftentimes enabled, uh, you know, more profligacy, uh, in, in Washington. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of these, a lot of these parts. And of course, the pandemic plays into this and the way that we responded to, to the pandemic, which may have been legitimate at one point in time, but then we sort of, kept acting as if we needed to go and and you know continue to spend and continue to plus up all of these programs um even though we were in a very different a different point in the pandemic and so so you know you you take all of these things and you put them together and it was sort of a recipe i think for uh for inflation and i think that you know it, it really shouldn't have come as a surprise but um you know i think that unfortunately a lot of people saw an opportunity in the pandemic to not just go and address the short-term harms uh but to also try to go and and you know maybe get some of the goodies and wish list items that uh that they've always wanted themselves yeah jonathan Bidlike, director of the governance program at the r street institute jonathan always Always appreciate your perspective and appreciate you joining us today. And uh, as Jonathan said, uh, you know, this is such uh, big issues that we just keep kicking down the road. And I think Jonathan got it right uh, in saying that, look, we have to look at it different as voters. Uh, we can't just cheer when uh, more federal money comes pouring in. We have to know that there's a consequence to that. And reducing the deficit, uh, again, is not just uh, spending a little less on your credit card this month. Uh, that does not change the game or the dynamics. Uh, and we can't continue to pretend that all of this spending doesn't impact inflation. And so that requires the president, members of both houses of Congress, all political parties have got to come to a different conversation when it comes to our spending. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.